Seen on Screen podcast presents Three Men and a Meeple. Are you interested in playing games that don't appear on a screen? Well, that's why we're here. Join David, Sean, and Owen while they talk about all things tabletop. Now pass the dice, because our next turn starts now. Owen, I feel like we have to talk about something sad before I introduce the show. Do you yeah. mind if I put on some ambient music? Oh, please do. It really, it's needed. David. Our poor, poor David. <laughs> accidentally lucked into the biggest win of his board game career. Oh my god. To the, point, the biggest win. <laughs> to the point that I'm embarrassed that I could not get this right on my own. And he guessed. But, with that being said... I know we have to do it, and I don't no, want to do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, man. I'm don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. Are you ready? No. Ah. You know, that just goes to show that you're a poor loser and a poor winner. No, not at all. Because you guys are like so upset that I won a game. By guessing. That's the whole point of Clue. Ladies and gentlemen, just like this episode, that's what we're talking about. The Clue, the original classic Milton Bradley. Or is it Parker Brothers? I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's Parker Gibbon. Brothers, but then I think Parker Brothers is uh, is owned by Hasbro. So I don't know. Okay, so it's Hasbro. Yeah, so- Clue. Yeah, that's right. I won Clue by social deduction. No, it was it was a you, lucky you guess. Didn't, <laughs> you didn't have a clue. You didn't have a clue, sir. That's true. Yeah, you know who also doesn't have a clue? Our listeners, because we have a special guest today. We cannot forget. Uh, and it's not Owen, because he's a regular host here. We have Britt. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Britt is uh, Owen's special guest in life. And uh, yeah, she's going to be joining us for... Uh, this episode of Three Men and a Meeple, where we're going to be talking about Clue. This is our showcase episode where uh, we talk about what we love, what we hate, and um, maybe a few extra little tidbits here and there. So how's everyone doing tonight, today, bad. this week? Real bad. <laughs> and you know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, like, I could accept losing oh. if losing was like... Not to me. That's That's... <laughs> I could have lost to anybody else in this call right now, but I didn't. I lost mm-hmm. you, and I'm sad. I'm hurt. And you've just proven me once again that you are a poor loser. So, uh, did, did you not get your regal now. horns and uh, your 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 fanfare? The people's yeah, but, choice won, and yeah. that's all that's important to our fans. All right. Well, you know what? This is the first time that we've had Britt on the show. Um, Britt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I guess for me, I'm an avid board game player, uh, much like my better half, Owen. Um, but for me, I feel like we have very different favorite games when it comes to board games. Owen loves the 4X space themes. I love the dungeon crawling fantasy games. And of course, there's a bunch of games like Clue that we both love a bit more of the classics as well. Yeah, we know Owen is obsessed with Twilight Imperium. I think he takes Absolutely. every every waking moment to talk about that game. 
uh, a friend of mine actually said for Meeples, he doesn't listen to SOS because he loves board games more than video games. He said, if there was a bingo card for Meeples, Twilight Imperium and Owen references would be one of the corners. Nice. It's not quite a free space because he said that would be specifically David hating Catan. Yeah. But it's close. Nice. I love that. So we've got some fans that already know the games that we like and the, the games that we don't. But we're here to talk about Clue. So, Owen, take us on a journey. So yep. <laughs> let's, let's see if I can get the rules and everything down this time. So I'm just going to read the little a little blurb here. Um, so Clue, the classic detective game. In Clue, players move from room to room and imagine to solve a mystery of who done it, with what, and where. Players are dealt characters, weapons, and location cards after the top card of each card type is secretly placed in the confidential file in the middle of the board. Uh, so that's the, the, the basis of the game is um, everybody's dealt out cards. There's three cards in the middle and you got to figure out with the information that you have and with what you can gather from your, your opponents is uh, the person who, who did the murder, where it is in the, in the, in the mansion and with what uh, it's in the middle of the board. Uh, and you, do that by moving your pawns by using dice into rooms and you say, Hey, I, you know, I think it's this person and the person to your left has to give you some information if they have it. And if they don't have any information, the next person in line has to give you some information until as David knows, <laughs> everybody says, you know, I don't have anything. <laughs> and then you can say, well, I, I think I know who it is now. Yeah. It, it's a, uh... It's interesting, too, because your explanation here was much better than us reading the rules. And you guys can see it when we posted live on our, or not live, but on our YouTube. And it was live on Twitch. We had right. no idea what we were doing for the first 15 minutes. We were all like, I remember playing Clue. Yeah. I and was, then if we didn't it, have Brit, we would have been screwed. Like, well, I was the one that actually read the uh, instructions. Okay. Just to be <laughs> just to be fair, I did I'm say. I'm the one who remembered what they were without having to read the <laughs> Yeah. yeah okay okay <laughs> i know i'm the one who's like super excited to play this game and i'm like oh have you played this game again that is think, a very good point <laughs> i think yeah. uh clue clue is one of those games well i guess clue maybe not so much monopoly but clue risk um maybe sorry all those other kind of classic hasbro games that everyone had in their closet growing up those are games that everyone remembers playing, but when you actually sit down to play it, you're like, hold on, this is a little, there's a little more to this than I remember. So did you ever like just put down the game and just say, okay, let's just do it and like not even read the rules and just. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I uh, just want to figure out who murdered the person. So I just open the box, take three cards out, look at them and then put the box back and then. Yeah, you just solved there it. There you go. That's, that's that, it. That's, that's that's the express version of Clue. <laughs> that's the little version that you get that you play in the car on long trips. Yeah. Oh, do you remember <laughs> the little version of Clue? It was like... The little magnetic ones. There was Sorry. There's... Yeah, it was like a little four by four box. And it was just like... Yeah. The cards literally fit in it. And they were as big as the board. You play yeah. in the car. So, uh, Owen, do you know a little bit of uh, history? Because you were so excited for this game. Do you know anything about it? Well, let's see. So, <laughs> like you brought a knife out I, I to have... a candlestick fight. Uh, yeah, Tell me exactly. about Clue. Yeah. So, uh, oh god, now I gotta. Okay, so 
Clue uh, was introduced in the year 1949 by Anthony E. Pratt. Um, in the UK, uh, his wife designed the board. That's nice. Um, it was really originally published in Leeds, England in 1949 under the name Cluedo, which is still the name for the game in the UK. Um, it was devised by Anthony E. Pratt, a solicitor's clerk from Birmingham. After many years of perfecting the mechanics of the game and filing for provisional specifications, Mr. Pratt visited Waddington's game in, Games in Leeds, England, to discuss the possibility of its manufacture. And I think it just kind of goes on from there, right? Like the game obviously took off um, and it is what it is now. It's still like 1949 to 2021 and it's still in production. Like that's incredible. Uh, let's see. The game is sold over seven and uh, sold in over 70 countries from Japan, Brazil, Norway, New Zealand. Um, yeah. So this it's, game is seventy years old. Holy crap! Yeah, that's the crazy, game, right? The game still holds up. Yeah, that is like, that is good game design right there. Yeah, and um, I think it was originally when he first it, it was um, I think him and his friends originally designed it, and they called it Murder, just straight up Murder. <laughs> so, because when you win by accident, everyone that you're playing with just wants to murder you. That's right. And I think uh, I, maybe they actually did kill somebody, and uh, you know, and they had to <laughs> come uh, come up with a board game to hide the fact that they actually killed someone. Yeah, they uh, made the police play the board game to find out who it was, and they accused the wrong person. And then they're like, "Sorry, you can't make any more guesses. You're out. You have to Sorry. go home." <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to know a really cool fact about Clue? I would love to know a fact. About okay, Clue. so as you as uh, Owen kind of alluded to, like the game was. Uh, invented during World War II. Oh, but yes. Colonel Mustard was originally called Colonel Yellow. And when they originally sent the patents in for the characters, they were going to be named Dr. Black, Mr. Brown, Mr. Gold, Reverend Mr. Green, Ms. Gray, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, Nurse White, Miss Silver, and Colonel Yellow. However, in the British military, Yellow is a derogatory military slang for cowardly which made little sense to enlist men. So that's how he got named Colonel Mustard. And uh, as anyone who watches our actual gameplay video, you would know that Colonel Mustard is the Baron of Mustardville. Yes. <laughs> and he loves condiments. The condiment I think that thing. is really cool that like the that is cool. did not like, obviously I mean, if the game was around today, Mr. Brown would be a contested name because people will just contest anything for any reason. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Yellow was considered cowardly and in 1940, they were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Well, it just kind of shows that, you know, like Yellow isn't really I knew that the term Yellow was uh, an old term for someone who was cowardly. But back then that was common language, right? Like. So it was interesting that, you know, the game itself had to be changed just because of just the name of a, a single character or whatever. Do you still have the game open? Do you know what version of the game we played? Because no, it was from little known fact number two. Mrs. White was killed off by Hasbro in 2016 and replaced with Dr. Orkin, a scientist. That's... 
That's ridiculous. Bludgeoning someone with a candlestick. Yeah, Mrs. White's no longer part of the game. She's murdering for science. Okay. Yeah, clearly. She was that an because, elderly woman is, in the eighties. So. But is that because of why was she removed? Was it because apparently having a housemaid is not socially accessible? I, I'm not sure. Anymore? It just says, and I like I will look into some more details. But it just says this is the first character to be retired permanently from the game of Clue. Huh. Hmm. What other characters should be retired? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So we we played the game. We had some fun. Let's go through some of our thought processes while playing. I know Britt and I got into each other's brainwaves in the first few turns because we were playing identically. But Britt, tell us your strategy. What were you thinking when you made your first few suggestions? Sure. Um, my big strategy with, with Clue is always looking at making sure that you have at least two of the three components. Uh, I was lucky enough that I started beside the conservatory and I had the conservatory card. Um, I had Miss White and I decided to suggest it was Miss White. So that way, when yeah, I threw us all it, off. Yeah, that yeah, was really good. So I try and do something like that right away really pigeonhole into one of the things I don't have. And this is where I went ahead and made my first suggestion on my second turn and said, I, I think it's Miss White with the rope in the conservatory, knowing that I had two of the cards. And when no one was able to give me the rope card, I knew right away that it was the weapon, um, oh, which damn. is great for me, but also very hard to play the rest of the game to then fake out and make sure no one else also knows it's the rope card. So I had to kind of, throw in a couple things there and pretend Man, I didn't a, know. And that's, That is a great strategy. That is Holy. an insane strategy. I, oh my God. I've been doing that since I was a kid. <laughs> I feel like you've broken the game. Yeah. It's, that's Damn the it. way you have to do it. You got to go and say, what are two of the things I have? If I had a weapon and a person, a person, I would just go to any room and say, I think it's that person with that weapon, but in the room that I'm in and see if I can get to that, uh, get to that information. But I always find it's hard to, nail down the rooms, especially if you don't have room cards, because there's just so many compared to yeah. the weapons and the people. The only flaw to the strategy in some points would have to be the fact that you're only getting one shot every single time. Exactly. Like you're, you're reducing your spread to 33%. You're right. Yeah, but at the same point, you're, points where... yeah, you're like hyper-directing your, your focus. You're like, okay, now I'm going to check off the rooms, or now I'm going to like start going through the... Um, the weapons instead of like doing a wide shot and then you you only have a, a little bit of information right that's how well, i can see that from this game was a wide shot can win you the game there you go <laughs> david, just david a, has an idea and he won the game it's, <laughs> but it, it it helps for sure to get those things that you know right away it gives you something right away if you're lucky like i was 100 percent. now owen your strategy was very different. Walk us through your gameplay. Uh, well, at first, I didn't really have a strategy. That's kind of how I play games with no strategy at all at first <laughs> and see how things play out, which doesn't really work in Clue. Um, but I was like, so I had my hand. I had four cards. And um, at first, I marked those off. And then I was just trying to kind of fill in the holes, kind of that wide shot method. Um yeah, so I was like looking like okay, I I have say the candlestick and the the rope 
I'll try, I don't know, I'll try the revolver and see if anything comes up and, you know, uh, the room and a person. And if I got one of the things, I'd mark it off. So kind of like the main way that you, I don't know, the way I think most people go about playing Clue. <laughs> That, that, that's a fair strategy. I, th- I think I play with two strategies in mind. First, I base what I have in my hand as my like default strategy. So, I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to get the fifth card. But in my particular hand, I had two weapons. So weapons were my least priority because I know there's only five or six in the game. Mm-hmm. And I knew two of them. So the more I saw people using the same weapon around the board... I didn't actually have to ever prove that the rope was the weapon because I was trying to continually pull out what person was involved. Right. That that's typically how I go based off like which set of cards I have double of. That's my first strategy. And then the second strategy is kind of, it, it sounds kind of dumb, but I'll just hover. So I will definitely play to the side of the board. I keep getting pulled to, I will barely move around the board and I will keep using the same room that I know two pieces of information in to continually get that information out. So like I was using the hall as a vessel to mm. try and figure out which person was guilty and my dumb fingers dropped the X on the wrong person. Oh my and God. I would have guessed wrong because I, I thought it was, I, I guess I dropped the, the X on Peacock when it should have been Scarlet or something. Yeah. So that's why I locked out. Yeah. Um, that, that's a clerical error right there. Yeah, it's a lot different when you don't have a pen. Right. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my thought process. Whichever I have two of in my hand, that's where my my soul focus goes away from. The only mm. way it doesn't really work is if you have like rooms in your hand because you still have to like suss out what, 10 rooms? It's a little bit harder. Right, yeah. David? I had, I had like a bunch of rooms in my hand. I think I had three. See, that's, so, yeah, I didn't have any rooms. So that made it easier for me to kind of pinpoint the the location that I want to go to. But early on, I was rolling really poorly. I was getting like ones and twos. So I spent a lot of rounds just kind of slowly moving to a room. And then where I wanted to go, eventually someone suspected me in another room, moved me to the completely opposite end of the board in an area where I have those rooms so now I have to spend all my time going to. So I actually spent majority of the game not making any significant um, suggestions of who done it because either I was in an area where I knew it was in the room, and I and I get like I I could have just guessed one in a room that I already knew that it was. It just to kind of change the yeah. uh, figure out the the weapon and whatnot, but. I did also notice that a lot of people were suggesting the rope. So I figured, okay, there's a lot of people suggesting the rope. So that means that none of them should have the rope, potentially have the rope card. So then that's got to be the weapon. Um, And near the end of the game, like Sean, you were pretty confident that it was the rope. Um, And so then honestly, I only won by because I was, (laughs) It was a lucky guess. My board, like if I, if you guys could have seen my uh, my uh, notebook, I pretty much had the only things that were checked off were the few cards that some people people gave me and the ones that I had. So pretty much my notebook was wide open. Really? Yeah. Think about it. Funny. I don't give you, I give you one card the entire game. 
Owen gave me two, and I think uh, Britt, you gave me one. That's crazy. Yeah. So That's... it was literally just the luck of the draw, which I think, you know, I guess after a while, you know, I, I'm well in other games that we've played. You guys have seen me. I'm very observant of how other people are playing the game. So yeah. I made a lot of my um, my guesses based off of what other people were saying and how they were responding to things. Now, when Britt, you made your your suggestion at the very beginning and no one had anything that was that was smart because it was really early in the game for anyone to really determine whether or not you're just yeah. screwing with us or not. I, I pretty much had Miss White like a big X on or a big like check right? mark on Miss White being like, oh, already Miss White. She's she's it. <laughs> and I, I kept using her to make uh make suggestions so I could try and figure out what the room was at that point. And then and I, I tried to switch over. And I think a lot of people also get on the same bandwagon of a, of suggesting the same person and the same weapons eventually. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened yeah. near the later half of the game. I think I went, um, I said billiard room. I think I said billiard room because a lot of people were heading that direction and a lot of people were like, uh, suggesting it. I don't think I saw too many cards getting passed back because of it. So I think that's why I said billiard room at, at the end there. It, it was a, it was definitely a fun game. The one aspect I really enjoyed of it, aside from the, 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 I, I guess it would be like kind of that competitive social aspect is the fact that it is one of those games where you can carry a conversation that may not be just clue. I mean, David was talking about mustard for 70% of the game, but yeah, it's not, it, it's, it's, not... it's a very good social game. And if you get lost in the conversation, you could make a mistake. Like I legitimately made a mistake because I was distracted. Um, but it's, it's one of my favorite games, even though I don't play it that often. I remember like growing up at the cottage and you'd want to bust out Clue because nobody really wanted to count all the money in Monopoly over and over and over again. But this was like, it's raining. This is the perfect game for like a rainy Saturday afternoon with like four friends or six. Doesn't matter how many people, but like, well, I guess there is a limit, but it's it's right. one of those good games. Yeah, I think the reason it's so great is because it is, it's easy to teach and you it's not deep enough that you can't kind of like, joke around you're not like investing your full attention just in the game you can you know have crack some jokes about colonel mustard or whatever um so yeah that, that that's one of those reasons why i think it's it stood the test of time is that yeah you can teach the game in no time at all and get people into it right away yes 100 i think as well it's one of those games that you know families can play like kids can play with it but you can also like we all played as adults together, right? And I think the strategy of how you play gets more complex as you're older and you mm. can have a more intense game than, than when you were a kid and you're just like, oh, someone said this color, I have that card. And you pass it over and kind of stumble upon what the what the answer is. But I think there's you can get pretty complex with your strategies for this. Yeah, uh, the yeah complexity feed like... Um... So the complexity side of it is definitely a big draw for me because yeah, you can get some really good people at the table and really make it a challenge. Like Brit, your strategy with naming your own people. Like I never thought of that as a way to do things. So it's really interesting. 
I think I, one of my I think other... as we play these games, we're gonna learn that Owen never thought of that in almost every single game that we play. Pretty much. I'm learning new stuff all the time. What can I say? Yeah. It's Sorry. good. Yeah. It's good. I kind of have two sides with, with Clue. There's the side of always kind of taking my own cards and making those suggestions as much as I can in the beginning, but also kind of earmarking certain cards that I almost like if I can avoid it, I will never share. So one of the things that came up was I started to uh, like suggest it was Colonel Mustard, which I had the card and I wanted to make sure no one knew that. But then, of course, I think uh, I ended up sharing that with someone because I had nothing else to. But I like to keep track of Mm. who has seen what card Uh, when everyone was in the hall. I had the hall card and tried to make sure no one knew that (laughs) until unfortunately I had to share it with someone. Um, Mm. But that's always something I kept getting the same information over and over again. And I, I think exactly. And I had I think, other information. I think that's one difficulty of playing a game like this on tabletop simulator or a digital version of this, because uh, when you're playing in person, you have your notebook and stuff like that. And you can quickly, you can easily write down these notes of who you gave cards to and whatnot. Whereas it's a little more involved in tabletop simulator. And you, the because you have to change your view of, the board to see what people are doing where things are moving and stuff like that if you spend all your time like zooming into the little notepad that they gave you to type in uh, you know that you gave this card to whoever then you're missing out on what people are doing in in the game you guys are writing 100%. notes i wasn't writing notes i was not i was rolling ones and twos and then just you guys were moving me around the board so <laughs> that's nice so- you got you got free movement Don't yeah that's true about that um, just an update before we get into mechanical changes, if you will. Uh, I did a quick old Google search, which anybody can do. Um, the the <laughs> the statement from Hasbro was it was a difficult decision to, to say goodbye to Miss White, but after seventy years of suspicious activity, we decided that one of the characters had to go. Hasbro spokesperson said. Now, they weren't given uh, a very big reason, but people were able to suss out very quickly that Miss Peacock was a uh, retired socialite, Miss Scarlet was the femme fatale, and then Miss White was a maid and chef in the house. Hasbro went under fire earlier that year, being called out for sexism, when they did the Force Awakens Monopoly game and the Where's Ray was trending online because people were upset there was no female characters. Boo-hoo. They're just bad that there's no Ray. We're not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a petition where many saw the removal of a female character as a long time company uh, coming. The petition was called Change Miss White to Dr. White in Clue Cluedo. And they asked Hasbro to update the backstory uh, of the character, and Hasbro decided to just kill her off instead, or retire her. But why uh, did my, they want to? Why did they want to get rid of her, though? Would you Would you like the statement? Uh, by portraying her as a white-coated physician, surgeon, or scientist, it would show support of women in general, and give young girls an everyday image of an accomplished professional who just happens to be a woman, and also possibly. Murder. <laughs> I wonder if this guy got also fired. murder. <laughs> Yeah. Like no, but hold on. The petition was to change Miss White to Doctor White. Yes. So they wanted Miss White to to leave oh, her okay. her scantily clad ma- French maid uniform behind and get a uh, lab coat instead. Well, if they did that, then they would have to remake the movie. Yeah, I'm just I'm a little <laughs> just be okay with that. that statement. 
Britt, how did you feel about to give young girls an everyday image of an accomplished professional who just happens to be a woman? Well, that just sound great. The, the just happens to be a woman, The just the words just happened is frustrating because <laughs> there are several accomplished women in every field. And it's that not just happened to be just women. Happened to just happened to be women. There's dozens that of is, us. <laughs> that right there is infuriating. But I guess because I can understand the side of you don't really want to have this like dolled up French maid, like a bit sexualized, especially in the movie, uh, being something that people would play in a game. But at the same point, they are all possible murderers. So you still have a socialite. You still have all these people making her a doctor. I wouldn't say makes it any better or any worse. They're all still at the bare bones, possible murderers. So I don't think there should be role models. (laughs) One more piece of information on this character bio that you guys will just love. Dr. Orchid, a woman who holds a PhD in plant toxicology was raised by the late Mrs. White. Oh, well, she oh, was. She just, <laughs> so, Doctor Orchid just happens to be a woman. <laughs> like, I it's think, just by happenstance, yeah. she stumbled upon her femininity. <laughs> it's it's interesting though that uh, people didn't want, or they didn't want this character to be the French maid. Now, I think the scandally clad French maid kind of ditzy was wasn't necessarily in the game but it was really brought out in the movie that came out in the what was it the mid 80s late 80s yeah early 90s something like that it's like it was 80s um, I think. Yeah. so it was brought out for that but i don't ever recall playing this game like for my experience i always remember it just being a housemaid right yeah. um so it also kind of goes to show how the game even though the game itself holds up as social norms and things that are otherwise acceptable in society change, some of these older games might have to change as well. But that statement, uh, that's kind of cringy. <laughs> uh, just, just for a little bit more, the most common story of this uh, game was was created to pass time in bomb shelters. What was confirmed in patent paper, uh, paperwork from 1944, it showed that Mrs. White was originally supposed to be Nurse White. She mm. had a job, and then they dumbed her down. Well, no, like go. maids are jobs too. Yes, but like an accomplished <laughs> nurse versus just a maid to be who a, happens just, to be a woman. Uh, accomplished nurse who happens to be a woman. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know what, like g- good for them. But I, I wish more games, and this might be my mechanic change for the game because I think Clue as itself is pretty much flawless. Give us more options. Like maybe have 12 player cards. Pick the ones that you want in the game, remove everyone else. Let yourself decide the story. Much like Betrayal, although you're just reading the name on the card, you create the backstory for Zoe Instagram. So the the problem, though, that I'm finding with that idea is that there's a set number of cards for a set number of players and locations and items. If you have 12 characters, then... You, you don't know what characters are in the game unless you've unless you were to put them specific, like build your deck mm-hmm. like well, that. Yeah, just like, um, well, I mean, you can play it 
like Lords is like that. Pandemic is like that. You play the six cards that you want to play. Maybe you randomly assign six cards and then you figure out which meeple you use or character. No, but like what I'm saying, though, is if you have 12 characters, right? Yeah. You would have to select, you know, the X number of like six characters to put in that deck. Like there's nothing chain, like nothing wrong with people making their own characters, really. Like that's not going to change the the game fundamentally. And I think if someone wants to have a scientist, a female scientist or a female or a male nurse, you know, as characters, they can make those characters and put them into the game and play like that. It doesn't change the game themselves. And people just can get too upset too easily over something that is it, it's not written in stone that you have to play with miss white or colonel mustard it Sorry. could be <laughs> someone uh someone's a little someone's <laughs> a little upset out there um and and that's the the great thing about some of these these older games is that you can customize them if you want to make them fit the way you, how you feel like, you know, someone could make the game and we could make a copy of clue and make a card, a character for each one of us so that we <sighs> could play like, Oh, I think it was Owen. In, oh my God. That'd be so in, fun. You know, the, the board game room with the extra large 12 sided die, you know, you can make those customizations and you don't have to be offended by something being included or excluded from the game. I think that's what's amazing about some of these older games, so especially open-ended. Clue. But that's also the problem. You use the keyword older, and there's a generation right now that wants to eliminate everything that is old and make it new and fresh. Like, don't get me wrong. I think I, I don't think you should change the classics unless there's like something incredibly problematic. Like, why does Colonel Mustard have to be a colonel? Because it sounds good. But like they made that change in 1944. They were like, you know what? Instead of calling him Colonel Yellow, we're going to call him Colonel Mustard. They made that change immediately. Yes, but mm-hmm. because at when the, the game was coming out, like you said, Yellow was a term used to... For cowards. Yeah. Coward. And especially when the game came out in 1949, right? This is just after... This is shortly after World War II. And still on the height of, you know, the Cold War. So having that connection with a military character, but having the name that was uh, a term that was still very common at the time that referred to them as a coward, I don't think that would have fit in in the time. If the game were to come out in 2021 and it was Colonel, Colonel Yellow, I don't think anyone there would have been that same connection. For hmm. sure. That's true. Wow. How about uh, you guys, Owen and Britt? What would you change about the game? Is there something that you would change mechanically? Maybe just change in general? Up to you. Uh, well, for me, I would actually change the die because I know um, we just played 13 Dead on Drive the other day and we were using two die. It uses two die and then it goes from two to five. The numbers go from two to five. So you roll the die and you can move one character for each die. So you can like move one pawn, say two, and the other one five. Or if you roll doubles, you can move one, the full amount. Say like you get two fives, you can roll 10, or you can move it 10. 
And I think one of the big things that suffers in Clue is the slow movement. Like David said, you know, he's rolling ones, he's rolling twos, and that sucks. So I think it'd be good to have two die, you roll, and you take the higher number. That way you're more guaranteed to be able to actually move around. That's a solid idea. I like that. Like I, well, I said it earlier, I generally play the game based on where people are putting me. So I can keep asking as many questions as possible. I don't care about moving around. I'd rather just learn. Right. What I found at the end of the game is I was missing tons of locations and people weren't moving me around. So I don't know if that was a problem with my game. I wasn't causing enough suspicion. Like I could have used Brit's strategy and uh, like put myself or whatever, uh, something I had to get started getting moved around a bit. Um, but... I think if I was able to move around more, more quickly, I would have been able to get some of those rooms and start sussing out that information. So I think if you take two dice, you roll them, you get the higher number, say one to two, one to four, you take the four, and then you get to move four spaces. So, so that's, that's my idea. Just a counter question to that. Why not utilize the corner room mechanics with the trap doors so you can at least make it across the board? Because you were in some of those corner rooms and you chose to walk um, out of them yeah. opposed to teleport. For sure. But also the, yeah, well, like generally how many spaces it is, is it to get to a corner room? Say like you're in the middle, it's like about six to 10 spaces to get to a corner. Yeah. I mean, so we spend most rolling. of the game in the hall. Yeah, exactly. But say you're rolling, you're rolling bad, you're rolling ones and twos, you're going to spend the next three to six turns just to get to that corner room to teleport. Yep. Right. When, if you could roll two die, you roll again a two and a four, you take the four, at least you're getting there a little faster. So you can start moving around more and start like uh, making accusations and or not like suggestions in some of the rooms where you're kind of, you're thinking, you know, might be where the, the kill happened. The murder, the murder, the murder. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm gonna. I think we should try that next time. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm down. Always down for a challenge. So, uh, before we wrap it up, do you guys want to hear what the top ten selling editions of clues are? Clue, not clues. Absolutely. Yeah, I some of know. them will surprise you. Some of them will offend David, as usual. Uh, number ten is a Nintendo branded version, the Legend of Zelda edition. It's a nice, cool looking gold box. Makes sense. Number nine, a Disney-branded clue, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror edition. And it's in a nice steel box. It was released in 2007, and it actually looks really cool. Yeah, it looks like, like a, it's a collector's. Tower of Terror? Yeah. The Hollywood Tower nice. of Terror. And mm-hmm. this one actually says on the front of the box, Parker Brothers Classic Detective Game. Uh, number eight, the Nightmare Before Christmas edition clue. Ooh, I want that. Um, this one looks a little bit interesting. Um, this one was also released in 2016. So I think it's just like hit that re clue boom. Right. Number seven, Brit teased a little bit earlier when we were talking pregame. It is the supernatural version of clue and it's considered a collector's edition. Absolutely. I knew it would be on the list. You did. It just makes sense. Number six is one I'm surprised isn't in the top three. Uh, it's Take Your Clue to Westeros in the Game of Thrones edition. It's 
pretty like the game does look quite daunting and it does look like it comes with two separate boards oh interesting yeah yeah um yeah you actually have a choice you could play the red keep or you could play a marine so that's neat you get two boards i'm that's assuming cool. you just flip cool. it over number five not the force awakens edition but it is the original star wars clue oh that's so cool repurposed get- in 2016 yeah this is nothing like the actual clue game though uh yeah this one takes place on the death star it's like a multi-tiered board and yeah it's kind of like star wars risk it has the risk name but it's nothing like risk mm-hmm. so interesting well, yeah it's uh it's different also because you're trying to figure out what darth vader is going to destroy next on the death star yeah <laughs> what room of the Death Star is he going to destroy next? Yeah, it's the it's the most popular 3D board game version of Clue. Uh, number four, you can join Blanche, Dorothy, Rose, and Sophia as you make your way through Golden Girls Clue. Interesting. That's a must buy right there. Number which which one of them are going to die? <laughs> <laughs> None of them. <laughs> Which of their boyfriends? Um, is it was cardiac arrest <laughs> in <Yeah>. the kitchen. <laughs> There's no murder or kidnapping or world domination plans to thwart. Instead, players must figure out who ate the last slice of cheesecake. Oh, oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> Number three, which actually looks really cool. Uh, released in 2002, Clue Haunted Mansion Edition. So another Disney branded Clue. Hmm. Number two will offend money. David greatly, so I don't want to talk about it. Was it Harry? Is it Harry Potter or something? It is one hundred percent Harry Potter. <laughs> That's not gonna. Why would that offend me? Because everything that we say is branded Harry Potter. You say is stupid, so that is offending you. I think. No, I'm not offended at all. Uh, this one features another unique board, which allows players to actually change the layout via wheels on the bottom. The changes oh. reveal secret passageways, trap doors, and more. Oh my god! Just like the awesome. castle. What That's is? Cool. Hold on, is that the Harry Potter one? Yeah. Oh man, if that was like another, like if it was branded something differently, I totally <laughs> would buy that. <laughs> you know what? You can brand it yourself. I'm That's not offended, weird. but I would not buy it because it's Harry <laughs> I'm Potter. just very disappointed. <laughs> I know what Dave is getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And finally, without a doubt, shred of imagination, the 50th anniversary clue game, it says here, but I mean, it's the original standard clue classic edition made in 1949. The game never changed and then never will minus the Miss White thing. Is she still Miss White in the in the 50th edition or did they change yeah, she, her for it? she will be miss white until 2016 oh right okay and that so was now i purposely want to get a copy of the game before 2016 I'm telling you go to your local value village boom you'll find you'll find yeah. like i think i had like two or three copies of clue at one point all from different printings and different eras and like the, the art changes and everything the one thing i remember about my parents version of clue that was at our cottage is you know when People used to tape boxes with masking tape, not clear packing tape, but just like that really gritty old brown masking tape. Oh, yeah. That's what all the board game boxes looked like. Yeah. You know what? The the one clue version that I really want to get, though, is the uh, the Bob's Burgers one. 
What's the uh, the layout of that? The Bob's Burgers one, I forget uh, what the story is, but the characters are pretty funny. Mostly because uh, Bob is actually Mrs. White. So actually, what, what year did that um, get released? I'm are we just little... uncovering a bunch of stuff as we speak? Because if Bob's Burgers Clue came out after 2016, then that game officially has a Mrs. White in it. Played 28... by Played yeah. by a man. 2018. <laughs> oh my Cartoon god. Man. There you are. It's probably been discontinued as we speak. No, I saw it. So attempt to solve who killed Ned Body. That's it. <laughs> uh yeah. It's it's pretty it looks pretty funny. Um it it's pretty much the classic clue gameplay, but it's in the theme of Bob's Burgers, but hey, for those of you who want a updated version of Clue with a Miss Miss White, Bob's Burgers is the way to White. go. <laughs> Bob's Burgers, Mrs. White. We we it's found so a loophole funny. for you. Yeah, there you go. For like, I mean, personally speaking, I know it's out there. I've always wanted to pick it up. I haven't yet, but I want to get a Simpsons Clue because, mm. like, I, I believe it's based on the episode of who killed Mr. Burns or who shot Mr. Burns, which I think is oh, very yeah. awesome. Um, but there's also one board I've seen where it's in the Maison Derriere. So that's pretty cool as well. Those would be the two um, that I would pick. Are there any final thoughts from you, Owen, or you, Britt, about games you'd want to see before we close this thing out? Hmm. Like games you'd want to like. Just oh, like, a, like a version oh, of Clue that you want. Twilight Imperium Clue. Yeah, yes, please. I'll do that. But it's got to be really long, like a 14 (laughs) hour long game of Clue. And it takes 25 minutes just to like uh, open the box and punch all the cards and tokens out. And then it it takes a good, you know, hour and a half just to learn the rules. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Uh, I'd love to play that. And no one else would. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. That's the point of Twilight Imperium. <laughs> it just defeats you slowly from within. Oh, yeah. It just breaks you. The, I know uh, we uh, talked about this while we were playing, but a Knives Out reskin of Clue would be incredible. Uh, I would yes. absolutely love that if we... Uh, I mean, obviously, if you've seen Knives Out, you know, you know who the killer is, but it'd be interesting to have that play out in a board game similar to Clue. That but movie does have some twists and turns for sure. Absolutely. But even like the whole family, like, cause it's a big family. It's that big mansion. I think that'd be a really great reskin. Cause that was a great movie, great detective film. And I was thinking as well, since Owen and I have been playing the initiative, it'd be interesting to see something similar to the initiative as you're playing as people playing the game and watching them go through. So it'd be interesting to kind of, play out all this clue lore of the the original several characters cutting out some of the characters and watching that all play out as people through reading the comic book and playing the game that is playing as characters. So <laughs> Very meta. I was thinking about it while you guys were talking and I was like, you know what game would be kind of cool? An Among Us clue. And uh. sure enough, I Googled it and TTS has a skin of Among Us clue. We should have played that. I'm I'm not surprised. (laughs) Screw regular Clue. I'm done. But 
that is it for this one. We want to thank you guys for listening. Please check out the YouTube that we have. It is set up for you guys to enjoy our rewatch and you can laugh along with us. Try and figure out how David figured it out because we still cannot. Hell, I don't even know how I figured it out. (laughs) Make sure you check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and every place you want to pick up your podcasts. And of course, find us on Instagram and Facebook. For myself, David. Yo, that's me. Our good friend, Owen. (laughs) Hey, I'm a good friend still. (laughs) And our special guest, Britt. Thanks for having me. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on our next game. Thank you.